received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC 294 Abu Dhabi edition of Gamblu's Bout Business Podcast. Thanks go out to all our loyal listeners. We present profitable positions for your review and consideration. What you do with them is up to you. We hope that you're finding our information worthy about business results for last week's fight card, two and three minus 0.35 of a unit. Listen, when we can bank one or two units of profit on a card, that's great. If we lose, to be able to lose less than half a unit is absolutely the goal in any business. Increasing, enhancing, maximizing profit is as important as minimizing and protecting yourself from any form of loss. So we take a small loss into today. Today's UFC record, meaning 2023, the Bout Business Podcast stands 86 and 86. We're plus 23.18 units, representing 14% return on investment, and the average win plus 127. So we're set up terrifically to try and bank a couple of units on this UFC 294. Let's review quickly a couple of business points. There is no UFC fight card next week. The next fight card happens November 4th, and that's San Paulo. Prior to that, on Tuesday the 31st, which is Halloween in the United States, we will release the first Bout Business Sneak Teat podcast where we completely break down the opening lines of Brazil, that San Paulo card. It'll be a 10-12 minute podcast specifically designed to give everyone an early look at where the lines are, if any have moved, and what my thoughts are regarding. Future positions. Eventually, Colby Covington and Leon Edwards are going to fight, and that's going to come in December. We have Covington minus 110. Currently at DraftKings, he's plus 110. So we're not that far off, but we don't want to be off. In fact, we want to be on the positive side of EV, quite honestly. We are not in that fight, but one fight we are on the positive side of is Johnny Bones Jones, currently priced minus 375. We have, through parlays, Jones in the second leg of those, it roughly two units to win two units. That represents tremendous market advantage. Now, without much further introduction, UFC 294, round one. Round one is the third fight in from the card, a featherweight tussle between ship in from England, Nathaniel Wood, 
and Tajistani phenom Muhammad Naimov. Now, when I say phenom next to Naimov's name, the Tajistani people are the most voracious fight fans in the whole world. They're Muslim in nature, in religion, and that segment of the world will be tuning in. In fact, Naimov, who is a Muslim athlete, will be fighting in front of a crowd of his own countrymen. That gives him tremendous adrenaline and motivation. And for the kind of fighter he is, he's going to need that because the hill man, as he's called, is really not a deft, fluid, complete mixed martial artist. No, he is a rabid badger looking to just attack and destroy. Very short on defensive skills. Of course, you know, he's got grappling wrestling just based on where he's from, but he's a striker. He comes with power and he's going to look to put Wood's lights out. Now, Wood on his side is the athlete with much more UFC experience. He's surely the more well-rounded mixed martial artist, the more refined mixed martial artist. However, when Wood has been in trouble or gotten in trouble, it's from aggressive guys that can touch him. Wood's just a touch chinny. I believe Wood's going to have to try and wrestle and get inside of this buzzsaw name of. And I believe that his danger is going to be trying to get inside the pocket against a guy that's going to be standing wide-legged and throwing from each ankle to try and hit Wood and break him in half. This fight opens. Wood minus 310, name of plus 260. That's about where it's priced now. Any, I'm looking anywhere on a dog price for name of is plus 240 to plus 255 on the Hillman. Round one, we're going to take a half a unit bet on the bomb, the Tajistani Hillman. His name, Naimov. Half a unit returns 1.3 units. Now let's move into round two. In round two, we're going right to the next fight on the card. And I've mentioned this in a couple of the articles written in spots that I've been on, but we have to be aware of who is fighting in front of their home crowd because that can sway judging. It also means they can have favorable matchups, meaning the locals. The UFC does that sometimes on purpose to enhance their exportation of the product in certain areas. And one certain area, which is perfect, is India. Very, very novice mixed martial arts community there. However, in the fourth fight of the night, the gentleman Anshul Jubilee comes from India. So when we look at his initial local record, it's really questionable. But we can't hold it against him because he's fighting the only people he can fight in India. So as he arrives into the UFC, he gets there via a split decision. And then in his first UFC fight, which was his last out, he fought a guy doesn't even belong in the UFC. And in fact, I'm wondering if Jubilee's really ready. He's an Indian. He fits the bill for the UFC. As well, the UFC's put him in this spot to fight in front of people from his hemisphere anyway, against a guy in Mike Breeden that when you look at his record, you see loss, loss, loss. Why is he even in the UFC? Well, it looks on first blush that like Breeden is the perfect shill to put in front of Jubilee. So Jubilee looks great. 
the UFC accomplishes its goal in making their Indian fighter look impressive to increase their sport in India. So after we tear all that away, we got to look at Breeden and who he's fought. First of all, he's fought three killers in the UFC. Alex Hernandez, no shame getting knocked out by him. Others have. He fights Nathan Levy to a decision. Levy is a strong, determined wrestling fighter. No shame in that. And then in his last fight, a fight to, against McKinney, Terrence McKinney, he gets hit with a couple body shots and he's trying to recover. Uh, the fight gets stopped in the first and really many question whether it should have been stopped as quickly as it was. So Breeden arrives to this fight feeling slighted from his last, knowing he's getting a fourth fight when usually UFC fighters 0-3 are cut. He's desperate. He's a dog. And if he can find his way to navigate this fight past the first round, I believe come the second and third round, his grit, the dog in him, his focus, and his desperation to stay in the UFC are all going to come out while Jubilee's inexperience will show. Round two, we're going to take the bomb, Mike Breeden, despite the fact that he was the last one to step on the scale today and missed weight by four and a half pounds. He's coming in 139 and a half. He's going to come in more desperate because of that, because he's taken a hit on what little meager fees he's making anyway. Round two, Mike Breeden. I released him earlier in the week at plus 250. You can catch him plus 220 or 230. Round two, Mike Breeden, big dog, one unit to win 2.5 units. Now let's roll right into round three. Round three, seventh fight of the evening. And this one should be a barn burner, lightweights. Mohamed Yaya from the UAE, of course, a backyard guy fighting Trevor Peak. Trevor Peak comes in from Alabama. And if Namov earlier is not quite a complete mixed martial artist, Peak has no mixed martial artist in him whatsoever. I mean, yeah, he's fighting in a mixed martial artist organization, but this kid from Alabama is country strong, got tons of power. He's determined as he can be. And he walked into a fight in his last against Chepe Marichal, and Marichal showed well and surprised the bomber from Alabama. So Peak arrives to this fight so focused, so intent on correcting the wrong. He comes against Mohammed Yaya, who I could hardly find information on, if you want to be correct. It was until a day ago that I found out Yaya was 29 years old. There's no information on him whatsoever. He hasn't fought in some months. And so I think this is an opportunity for Peak to show well against a United Arab Emirates athlete. Yaya's in there for the fans, but this is Peak's fight to lose. We're gonna use Trevor Peak, currently priced minus 166, despite the fact that he's rough around the edges. He's determined, he's got a beard, and he is gonna come after Mo Yaya. We're gonna team him with a fighter in two weeks from the San Paolo card. And that fighter's name, Renat, Fakretinov, and that's a correct pronunciation. I'm impressed with myself. November 4th, San Paolo. Renat is priced minus 278, 
We team him on a one unit parlay with Trevor Peak at minus 166. Round three, one unit in that parlay returns 1.17. Now let's move into a flyway fight in round four. Round four is the feature fight of the undercard, and it is flyweights Tim Elliott and Mohamed Mokayev. Mokayev from the area, of course, 23 years old, a completely ascending fighter. He's three inches of reach advantage, coupled with his speed, his skill, his footwork, his wrestling, make him a lethal fighter. That's why he's priced minus 410, to be honest with you. Tim Elliott on the other side of the cage has everything Mokayev doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have the speed, doesn't have the reach, doesn't have uh, the footwork. But what he does have is he has a wealth of experience, and that's to his advantage. He's been in with absolutely elite fighters. He's got the ability to scramble, and his striking, his stand-up is really very awkward. And for that reason, I think it's foolish that Elliott is priced at plus 320. That said, I think this is a perfectly set fight for Mokayev to take a stepping stone up. Elliott 37, Mokayev 23. I see this fight being a struggle, a tussle, but one in which Mokayev has control most of the fight. Elliott will scramble, he'll roll, but I think the control will come from Mokayev, who can be a little bit hesitant on the feet. I don't think Mokayev is going to try and spend too much time with Elliott standing up. I think this thing's going down. Mokayev is going to try and get top position. Round four, Mohamed Mokayev via decision plus 100. Now we move right into round five. Round five, we're going to the 11th fight on the card, Johnny Walker, Magomed, Ankalaya, the light heavyweight tussle. And boy, when you see these two guys in the cage, you're going to think it's a heavyweight tussle. Walker's huge. Three inches of height advantage for Johnny Walker at 6'6". Seven-inch reach advantage. Uh, his last three opponents, Anthony Smith, Craig, the Swedish submission specialist, and Ian Kutalaba. Okay, he's, he's won them all, but not stellar top 10 elite athletes. When he's been in with elite athletes like ex-champion Hill, Santos Krylov, he's had difficulty. Walker's flamboyant, flashy, powerful, just big as a house, and he's strong as he can be, but he's singularly dimensioned. Let me do that again. But he's much more singularly dimensioned than is his opponent. Walker's going to need distance and this to stay standing, I think, for him to strike lightning and catch Ankalaev. Ankalaev, on the other hand, is a much more premeditated, well-rounded, forward pressure, wrestling, grappling type of a fighter. Now, he's got some hands. But mostly his power is felt from top position because he's such a pressure wrestler. He gets his opponents down and rains damage from ground and pound top position. That's exactly what I expect to happen in this fight. But I think it's going to take him until the second or third round to be able to ground Walker 
who's strong and take him out. In round five, Magomed Ankalaev, inside the distance, currently priced minus 115. And we're going to use him not straight, but we're going to team him with another parlay to two weeks from now's card in San Paulo. And yes, you know who we're taking, Fakretinov. We've heard about him before, and we're on him again. Round five, parlay release. Ankalaev inside the distance, minus 115, coupled with Renat Fakretinov, and he is currently priced minus 278. In this round five parlay, one unit returns 1.54 units. Now we go into round six, our final round. In round six, final round, final fight, main event, rematch, Islam Makachev, current lightweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky, current featherweight champion, Volkanovsky moving up. We all know about the first fight, very close, very competitive. That said, as close as Volkanovsky came, and though I would have accepted a split decision win on his side, Makachev probably won the fight. Now, Makachev's sick and tired of hearing that he had to struggle against a 145-er. He wants this fight. The fact that it comes short notice had to rattle him, no question about it. Meanwhile, on the Volkanovsky side, he's drinking margaritas and watching rugby in Australia 14 days ago, 12 days ago, he gets the call. He weighs 178, 180 pounds, drops his weight, shows up here, and he's ready to go. No camp, which could be good or bad. It's good because he doesn't have to every single day think about how bad he wants to take Makachev out. There's no mental anguish or pressure. And really, physically, he's fresh. He's been resting. And you know Volkanovski, as well as Kamara Usman in the co-main event. These guys are professional fighters. They're never too far out of shape. So Volkanovski shows up on 12 days, ready to go. If we've listened to the interviews and everything else, I think this fight takes a dynamically different approach than the first one. Each fighter showed the other tremendous respect in the first. And in this one, Makachev's sick and tired of hearing about Volkanovski this, Volkanovski that. And he's even more upset that because of 12-day notice for Volkanovski now, there's a built-in excuse for him should something happen in this fight. Makachev aims to take Volkanovski out. Meanwhile, Volkanovski who's had limited time in camp, and this is available to anyone. Go to YouTube and get on the UFC weigh-ins when Volkanovski and Makachev fought in February and look at him on the scale and then look at him today. The physique is different. It has to be. One has a six-week camp and he's razor sharp. The other one, he didn't. And for that reason, I think Volkanovski's tactics must change. He's not looking for a long, attritious fight with Makachev gonna go into the fourth or fifth round. He's looking to attack like a pit bull and take him out early. I'm convinced each man wants to take the other out so bad that one's gonna be able to do it. Now, may not happen. This fight could look an awful lot like the first one, but if it does, I'm gonna be losing a unit point three because the release in round six, main event fight goes to decision no available on DraftKings. That's a minus 130 to win one unit. And that's exactly how we're gonna play it, fight enthusiasts. Round six, fight goes to decision, no. 
minus 130 to win 1.0. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're flattered you listen to our podcast. Look for the Bout Business Sneak Peek podcast on the 31st of October. Have a profitable UFC 294. Thank you. been locked into Gamblu's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind-the-scenes access to the world of MMA. And of all the superlatives. Oh! Oh! that hand is ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Bam! The legs go. I mean, that is clean. Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.